Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Brandon Bateman. Brandon, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. All right. Excited to have you on. Brandon is the founder of the Bateman Collective, it's a digital marketing firm empowering clients by leveraging a data-driven creative paid traffic strategy. Brandon, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All good questions. So yeah, a little bit about, about me. So I live in Utah. Um, I've got a wife and, and a little baby and uh, she's about nine months old now. So, um, you know, kind of entering that phase of my life and it's been fun so far. Uh, this business is something I've been running for about four years. Um, when I started it, I was a, a sophomore in college, just kind of eager to learn about digital marketing. Um, and since we've kind of, you know, gone a few different directions, uh, more recently, we're specializing in the real estate investment space. Um, so working with a lot of real estate wholesalers, real estate flippers, um, motivated seller region. And that's kind of where we found our, our best growth and, and kind of the place that we want to stick around. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's sort of the, the journey of the company in about 10 seconds. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. So what what were, as as you got fascinated by this in, in college, which I think is awesome because too few of us actually are in college around that age and find something that we really enjoy and you turn it into an actual business. So I think that that's great. So congratulations on that. What What is the problem that you saw that you said, you know what, I, I think we can really put a dent in this? So yeah, I guess you could say it's kind of good timing on my side because the I mean, if you look at the real estate industry, I, I don't know how much you know about the off-market real estate industry. I saw this topic that you may be lightly covered in, in this podcast. Um, but the idea is those investors that are wanting to make investments. Uh, the best investments are found off-market. And historically, a lot of people go through foreclosure auctions, you know, stuff like that. Um, but specifically, the direct-to-seller marketing space has blown up in the past few years because foreclosure auctions have stopped. Um, and inventories at an all-time low. So right now, the problem that's bigger than it ever was before is that investors are looking for deals, and there's fewer deals than ever before. And those that are the best at finding them are those that are more or less controlling the market because they're getting them for significant price discounts and either making large fees by selling them to other investors or they're taking those fees as equity in their own properties or whatever the case it is. Um, but the point being, if you're a buyer, in the residential real estate side right now, your, your choices are essentially one, to overpay because everybody else is overpaying or number two, to get creative, find better ways to get discounts by negotiating cleverly with sellers on off-market properties. Um, and because what we do is help people find those properties, then it's become very valuable recently. Nice. Yeah. I imagine that between the two options of just simply overpaying or getting creative and figuring out new ways to get in front of new opportunities and to position yourself, that people would be more interested in that option. They are, but let me tell you, it's hard. There's like, a, we, we have, we have a whole bunch of clients that are, I mean, our average, to give you a little bit of context, we work with probably a hundred real estate investors now. Our average client probably does maybe 75 houses that they purchase a year, uh, which in the world of 
real estate investing is generally larger investors um, that are very savvy at this and they've gotten really good at it. And, and we have a lot of people that have really well-run great businesses that we work with. But I can tell you, there's a lot of people that try to do this stuff and fail because it is a hard business. It's competitive. Uh, you have to, I mean, you have to build out a excellent acquisitions department. You have to have strong marketing and you have to have the stomach to kind of work through it and, and, you know, be consistent with the business while you work out those kinks. And a lot of people just don't have it in them. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. All right. So when somebody comes to you and you've, you've, you said you have, let's say you have a hundred investors, they say, you know what? I were interested in buying upwards of 75 properties this year. We'd buy more, but we're just not getting the opportunities. And here, here, here we are. How do I get more opportunities? Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to, to digital energy that you can do in this industry, there's, there's lots of stuff. People are doing direct mail, cold calling, TV advertising, radio, door hangers. Like there's, there's, there's all kinds of different stuff. Um, digital side, the, the reason people value it. Um, and, and by the way, I'm not down on those other marketing channels. I think I just like marketing that works and, and, you know, we just work on one channel that happens to work, um, but, you know, whatever works for a business works for a business. Um, but the reason people love digital marketing is because it's a different kind of lead. Specifically, we love to do a lot of marketing on search engines. So if you look at that, it's stuff like, for example, if someone searches on Google, sell my house fast for cash or something like that, you know, they, they might be likely to be a distressed seller. Um, at the top of the page, they might have paid ads from Google. They might have organic listings lower. Um, there's kind of two ways to be on that page. There's PPC and SEO. Uh, but if you can capture that lead from there, basically, this is someone who typed into Google that they want to do this thing. They looked at all the options there. They decided to click on yours based on what it says or its position. Then they went to a landing page, and then they decided to read that, and they decided to input their information in order to get a cash offer based on what it says there. Um, by the time they go through all those different layers, they are a true inbound lead, meaning they came to you, not you to them. Um, and a lot of our clients are spend a lot of their time chasing down sellers, trying to find properties. And the idea of turning on a stream of sellers that are, instead of them chasing them, going to the investor and looking for a solution completely changes the business because now you don't need as near as much effort or help on the acquisition side. Um, the deals tend to be bigger. People tend to be more motivated, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that certainly strikes me that the better job on the front end you can do of qualifying prospective sellers, uh, the easier your job is on the back end as, as an investor. But that's easier said than done because I imagine that there's, if you're working with 100, there, there must be thousands and thousands of people trying to get the same deals. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, so it's competitive and that's, that's what scares people away is you look at it and by the time you pay for leads like that, they're very expensive. By the time you work them, that's hard. You need qualified salespeople that are really good to work them in such a competitive environment. And you take like all those steps there and that's what scares people away. Um, but our clients, by the time they do those things and they pay the expenses, they have a higher margin business than most businesses. Um, so it's expensive, but not overpriced, I guess you could say. Probably our average client, if you look at the, the amount that they're making on a single deal, it's usually going to be maybe around $30,000 on each one. Um, it's typical to, I mean, I'm just throwing out numbers out of sure. you know, nowhere here. So they vary a ton, but it's typical to maybe pay like seven grand 
to worth of marketing expenses, seven grand on leads in order to get that property. And maybe to, to then pay, you know, three grand to an acquisitions manager who to the sale and all that kind of stuff. And you add it all together. There's a lot of margin left in the business, even though you just spent seven grand on leads to find a house because the amount that you get the house with a discount is where the true value is. Yeah. Well, that certainly makes sense. If I can, if I can invest $20,000 and get 30, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, happily do that over and over and over again, as many times as I possibly can. So how has, how, how, how do you see, well, I, I guess there's a couple of questions. Um, perhaps first, how has digital marketing changed since you've been doing it and what does the future look like? And then based on that, how do you counsel people to put together just an entire strategy? Yeah. Um, how has it changed? Um, so in this industry, probably some of the biggest changes that people talk about is housing restrictions. Um, there's uh, equal opportunity housing laws um, and certain things have happened maybe uh, a year or two ago that, for example, Facebook was sued for allowing people with housing ads to target based on age, based on gender, based mm-hmm. on zip code, because um, it was viewed as discrimination against those that weren't in those areas and not giving them an equal opportunity for housing, um, which I don't know how you perceive that. I view that as a little bit bogus in the world of how online advertising works. Like to target someone with an ad is not discrimination against the person that you don't target if you ask me. But but anyways, that happened. And and because of that, Facebook had to change their policies. Um, Google had to change their policies. Um, So you've removed a lot of targeting options from, from online advertising. And that's when a lot of people gave up on it. Um, ironically, that's when we started getting more traction than we had before. And I think the reason being we've done, we've, we've always been, maybe it's just a benefit of me being so young or, um, you know, seeing the way the market's going or whatever the case is, but, but we've always been more focused on kind of the future of where the marketing's headed than, than trying to relive the strategies of the past. Um, so one example with that is everybody with digital marketing just wants to target heck out of everything and they want to feel like it's super targeted. And that's, that's what every single one of our clients asks us to do. Um, the reality is with digital marketing these days, a lot of targeting is very broad. A lot of advertising is more mass advertising. And a lot of the true magic of, you know, what do you bid and who exactly do you target and that kind of stuff is algorithmic. And these algorithms are a lot stronger and more powerful than anything that we can do with our own data um, and feeding the algorithm what it needs to be successful is our primary job i see as advertisers so that's uh that's probably one of the biggest changes we provide a lot more on algorithms that um in countless split tests have generally outperformed our ability to target especially once targeting options are removed uh, and that's one thing that i think we're a little bit more forward on compared to other agencies um, because it's a little bit counterintuitive but by the time you really understand how all of it works and you know things like Moore's law you know the idea that every 18 months computing capacities are roughly doubling and, and machine learning algorithms are becoming significantly smarter uh, by the time you take into account all those different factors and kind of give up your ego of knowing what's right for the advertising campaign and give a little bit of control to the algorithm in the right way and feed it the right data that's where we found the best results got it nice so how, how do you how do you think about balancing or differentiating between paid ads and organic SEO type growth? Good question. I mean, SEO, if we look long term, is 
as you could probably expect, the best return for our clients. Um, paid ads are a more immediate return. And that's, I mean, in almost every industry, that's the trade-off that you play between those two. Um, SEO is going to be almost always a better return uh, long-term. So how we manage the trade-off is we explain to the client the best we can, the pros and cons of each, um, and we kind of let them make a decision. Um, but what I generally try to explain is that SEO is something that I would invest in as soon as I had money to invest in it. Um, I'm guessing you probably believe that too, based on you having this podcast, another form of organic marketing. That isn't the kind of thing that you just started the podcast and then the next week expected to have tons of people watching the podcast and tons of traction with whatever you're trying to accomplish. It doesn't happen like that. You grow it slow over time. Um, but it's an evergreen marketing strategy. Those advantages that come from it um, come a lot. It's almost like you, you spend your money trying to build a machine that now spits out leads at a certain rate rather than spending that money on leads. It's like, instead of going to the vending machine, you put dollars in and get leads out. It's like going in the vending machine that just spits leads out once in a while. And that's a, I mean, that's a complete change in the business because you're no longer on a hamster wheel, just constantly needing to market and work out more money in order to stay alive. Instead, you have a flow of inbound leads. Um, so I would invest in it as soon as possible because it takes so long. Um, that said, if your business isn't going to be alive by the time you benefit, either because you're not planning on being a business long-term or because investing in SEO is going to put you out of business, don't do it. So it's, it's one of those things where it's an investment I would prioritize, um, but it does have the right time in a business. And it seems like a lot of businesses right at the beginning, based on the uncertainty of the future, are just not quite ready to invest in it yet. Um, but it's one thing that I see more sophisticated business owners doing more and more is they invest in SEO early. And maybe it's because they have the capital to do so. Maybe it's because they've seen the fruits of it before. Um, but I think, uh, you know, if you ask me, that it'd be something that would be my number one priority in terms of an investment, um, but over a multiple year time horizon. So how do you think about investing in SEO? Is it and it's 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 money, it's time, it's all those things. Well, it depends on how you do it because let's just say this podcast here. This is probably for you. This is time and money. I guess sure. You know, you're obviously here. Um, I imagine you have some production costs and things like that. Uh, and in some ways, time is money. So there's mm -hmm. you know opportunity costs to the things that you could have done otherwise. Um, if you look at one of our clients investing in SEO with us, it's more or less just money because we do a lot of the time components um it's a factor of we're out there writing content and we're building backlinks and we're building that consistent reputation in the local area and like all that kind of stuff and, and they pretty much just work out the money and and that's pretty much it so it, it just depends on how you do it but they could also be sitting there like writing content i don't know any business owner that imagines their best use to the business than sitting in some room writing a blog for their website that's just, I, I just have, I find it so hard to imagine that that would be the best use of any entrepreneur's time, but they certainly could do it if they want to. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. So it's, it's figuring out, okay, it, a trade off of what my top priorities are because I only have a finite amount of resources. So I can sit there and write a blog or I can have Brandon's team write the blog. I can, be doing video content, I can be doing podcast episodes, or I can be doing other stuff, growing my business and then investing. Um, life's all about priorities, isn't it, Brandon? <laughs> it is. It is. And, and you'll, uh, 
I mean, I don't know what your experience has been. My experience is as my business has grown and as I've matured, the number of opportunities has increased significantly. And the level of pickiness that I have in choosing which ones are right for me has also increased significantly. I think everybody kind of goes through that, through that same phase. Um, so that's where uh, you know, I think everybody gets to a point where anything you can pay for that you don't have to spend time on is a win. <laughs> I'm kind of at that point. I can just pay everybody to do everything for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to go DIY something, right? Hire the expert, get it done right. Yeah, especially now that you have a nine-month-old baby, so that's probably helped to hasten <laughs> that. Uh... <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, We're, don't ask for my advice on work-life balance. I, I don't have anything <laughs> good to share. <laughs> I love it, well, Brandon. The people are ready for your difference-making tip, even though those were some good ones right there. What do you have for them? Um, you know, honestly. Depending on who I'm talking to, it seems like overall the the value of a marketing system that works is, I think, undervalued in business in general, especially for a lot of new business owners. Um, this is something that I've seen. Like once my business found a predictable marketing system that we could use to acquire new clients, we've seen exponential growth since that point. Um, I've seen that happen for our clients. Um, and it's one of those things where like people are always looking at the downside, like what if it doesn't work, this costs money and always scared about it. But the companies that do hit something there, they then have the ability to scale it and then have the ability to do it for multiple years. They then have the ability to get referrals from the stuff that organically comes from them. all this kind of stuff that is completely business changing. So if I had any takeaway, it'd just be like investing in marketing, I think is the number one investment for, for most businesses because all of all else will follow if you can create the demand. And it seems like more, this is, so many businesses just struggle to find the demand and yet they're scared of their money. And I see so many entrepreneurs that are just stuck in that cycle of just not really giving it the investment it needs. Um, and for me, that's kind of what turned my business around. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can they engage with you? So the, you can, you can find my company at BatemanCollective.com. Um, my email is Brandon at BatemanCollective.com. If anybody has anything specifically for me or, or if you're a real estate investor and you want to learn more about what we do, um, going through the website, you can get in touch with, uh, with Noah who has our sales department, um, and can, uh, you know, help you see if it's a good fit. Um, but yeah, those are probably the best ways to get in contact with us. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Brandon your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to batemancollective.com. It's B-A-T-E-M-A-N collective.com and check out the resources. And it's a great site. They've done a great job of breaking down all the different components and things that you ought to be thinking about and then get in touch with them. Thanks again, Brandon. Yep. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fights. We are all in this together.